All right, here we are again, Harry. Episode 10, a milestone in the history of Tesla Commonwealth. Can no, you believe it? No, Josh, 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 Josh. It's episode 11. Oh, of it's course it is. It's episode 11. <laughs> we, we are... <laughs> but yeah, we did hit 100 see, subs. We, really keep, we did get 100 subs, and that was big and monumental. Um, yeah, I can't believe it happened that quickly. Uh, it's pretty good. Pat ourselves on the back, mate. We've, uh, we've made it to the big leagues. I've <laughs> <laughs> been fighting off the paparazzi all week. Um, I'm surprised you managed to get a holiday in with all the uh, the press following around the whole time. I know. I, I mean, Rob Mao was sending me messages like, dudes, can you calm down? Like, he's sweating buckets. We're, we're clearly coming after him. Um, but it's cool. I said, look, mate, there's, the world's big enough for both of us. Let's, you know, work this out. So it's all good. <laughs> and not that appearance matters, Joshy, but um, I'm mm. going to go on a limb and say that you have um, perhaps been skiing. Um, uh, yeah, glow. I mean, you can you can tell that I'm a beginner, can't you? Because I've got the proper goggle uh, tan lines going on, sunburn. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we're in Utah, Powder Mountain. Uh, never been here before, never really skied before. I did a couple of lessons like in the previous weekends in the mm -hmm. run up to this. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic, man. We got some fresh pow pow. I was hitting the slopes uh, this morning. Did it? Did about a five hour sesh. Yeah, it was epic, man. I'm I'm really getting into it. Is it actually called Powder Mountain? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's so, the name of the resort. Yeah, okay. it's the, apparently the biggest one in the US. I don't know if it's a marketing ploy okay. and lots of people say that, but it's certainly massive. It I'll might be like that. it might be like big in terms of like landmass, but not the amount of runs yeah. or like they'll find like plenty. Yeah. There's probably like 10 biggest ones in America, but that's yeah, sick. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it's one of the biggest ones and they've got tons of runs. So yeah, highly yeah, sick. recommend it. Yeah, um, I went to Park City. This was like uh -huh. years ago um, and that was just insane. We went to like- um, Where's that? Park City's in Utah. Yeah, it's like oh, cool. uh, nice. uh, maybe an hour from Salt Lake City. Uh, sorry oh, about cool. that. It's pretty sick how like dry everything is in Utah. Like um, uh -huh. people who like, can never ski before. Perhaps you haven't really noticed it because you haven't seen like a range of conditions or you haven't seen right. like Australian snow, which is kind of like slush. Um, right. But it's just like you get this, it's snow like lands on you and you just kind of brush it off like it's dust. Like it's yeah. such a weird, and it's like, you know, there's canyons and like, it's like desert and then suddenly it's, like a skate resort like it's kind of kind of messed yeah, up like it's nuts yeah i mean they've just it's a very dry part of the country but these mountain ranges do produce a lot of snow but like you say it's pretty good stuff yeah digging it so far oh i'm so jealous i'm so jealous because the weather in melbourne right now is like i don't know like it, it's kind of the end of summer which is really sad because in australia right. like you know the the summer nights are real fun it's like you know sun goes down at 8 30 or 9 p.m something like that and now like daylight right. savings about to end and it's about to get all like dark and cold again for another six oh. months um and then i'll go back to the uk in like september october you're flipped yeah so now we're going out of it you're going into a better part but anyway um yeah it's good well it's been a quite an eventful like 10 days since we've last Done a podcast. Yeah, I mean, VW's had their power day. There's been mm. more NFT madness. Yeah. Actually, the NFT is a good one to start on because yeah. it just keeps going berserk. I mean, we had, we talked about Beeple last time selling for 69 mil. Um, but yeah, one of the Tesla community, this guy bored Elon Musk, who's actually got a huge following, I think, because Elon's yeah. liked a few of his tweets and stuff. Um, he He's basically selling his real identity as an NFT. <laughs> Um, it's like what, auctioning off whatever oh, yeah. um, I, I, it's just like people are getting more and more creative with this like because I yeah. was you know private messaging you about ideas for other NFTs I was like oh maybe you could like make people's personal moments into NFTs kind of a bit like when you go to a theme park and they take a picture like any sort of event if they could get like 
a moment of you like doing something, reacting to your team scoring a goal in sports yeah. or something. You could turn that into an NFT. But yeah, people are going mad for this stuff at the moment. It's uh, it's baffling. It's interesting. I know Emmett Peppers is like really bearish on NFTs. He was asking everyone like, how can I short the entire NFT market? I yeah. would, I could not, I love Emmett. Like I, which is why it's like weird when you kind of like say something that I kind of disagree with. I'm like, oh shit, am I really wrong? But I think the NFT thing, no way in hell, if let's say you could short the idea of yeah. NFTs. It's not really possible, but you could short the idea of NFTs. No chance in hell would I do it because people can be so mm-hmm. stupid for so long. Like look at Bitcoin. Everyone would have said the yeah. same thing about Bitcoin. Like, bro, it's worth the same as the US dollar. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, how can yeah. it be worth the same as US dollar? Like, you know, it's backed by the full faith of the, you know, US government and US treasury right. and military and whatever. And then what's happened? Bitcoin's 60,000 X since then, you know, like craziness. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, keep We keep talking about how we missed the boat on that one. I mean, uh, yeah, so it's it's tough. I mean, NFTs, it feels bubbly. I think there'll be mm. some parts of it that will take off and, and continue to thrive and other parts that will go down like those sports ones we talked about last week. Yeah. Uh, those those three-pointer videos maybe yeah. won't stick around for too long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I think people are getting more and more creative. We'll see what people come up with next. Yeah, I fully agree with you that it looks kind of bubbly, but there's some parts that are more bubbly than others. Like I get like digital artworks the one where like that, that kind of makes sense like i think you know decent yeah. amount of people get around it but then you talk about and like maybe even tweets like oh jack dorsey sold the first tweet that's kind of cool like yeah you know it's a digital thing like I don't know, it's moment like, in history kind of yeah i Whereas can see that the sport ones are pretty pretty fucked but it's becoming it it's becoming huge like i know um i've got a, a family friend an old family friend who mm-hmm. he's he's awesome he's kind of like an entrepreneur and he does photography and like sells courses related to like photoshop and that kind of stuff and he started selling stuff started selling like nfts of his artwork um wow i should ask him how it's going it'd be kind of interesting like i don't really even know yeah. how to buy an nft but i guess it's gonna become right well elon must try to sell one this you know a couple of weeks ago he, that uh, was he funny. put on twitter yeah he uh it was like a song about an nft and there was like an image of like a turning nft sort of <laughs> statuette or something yeah, yeah he was like oh yeah i'm selling this and then uh beeple chimed in and was like oh I'll buy it for 69 mil which is the <laughs> amount that he got from his thing which was hilarious uh and then elon replied like oh i'll, I'll do it for 420 doge or something or, yeah or 420 million doge sorry uh but then he, he was like oh it doesn't feel right i won't sell this um, yeah. but yeah that that gave me a chuckle <laughs> that that was a it was like a funny song it was like um uh, and then, like on the actual statue, there was like Doge's, like Shiba Inus, like going around the thing. It was, it was fucking whack. Exactly what you expect from I mean, Elon Musk. We, right. I mean, it's just like he is the ultimate troll and like the ultimate meme lord. Um, you know, even the the other news that kind of ties into that kind of memey nature of Elon Musk is the um, title changes for him yeah. and Jerome. So Elon Musk is now Techno King of Tesla, and. Um, uh, and then, sorry, it was uh, Zach Kirkhorn is master of coin. Yeah, the CFO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is that like kind of bubbled up speculations that they're going to do like a Tesla coin, like a digital, like that's, I got to say, that's where I'll draw the line in terms of like how crazy I'm willing to let things get if they start doing like Tesla coin and stuff. Because it's like, you know, people write these comments um, on Twitter and I kind of tend to agree with, I don't agree with them on like, you know, for accepting, like, for example, accepting Bitcoin for Tesla mm. purchases. I don't think that's undermining the mission or like risking the mission, but making like right. a Tesla coin and taking it a little bit too far, like that kind of could, I can get around that idea. Um, Maybe, yeah, I, I, I guess the only other 
parallel, I would say, is that Facebook did try to start a coin with them Libra and a bunch of other, yeah, Libra coin was going to be them and a bunch of other people. Now, no one really trusts Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg, so that's why it's kind of seem- <laughs> seemingly Libra has been falling apart. Like Lots of the companies that initially signed up have just backed out of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not like a huge fan of a, of a Tesla coin, but then I guess other companies are attempting it too. So it's like, well, is it really that crazy? Um, but, you know, t- you know, Elon's a meme lord and he's having fun with his titles. I mean, the speculation around the title thing was like, it's to do with the fact that Jerome's title changed from head of automotive to mm. head of heavy trucking. Yeah. Um, did you see the kind of chat on Twitter about that? Yeah, so I saw Gary Black was pretty... I don't know, he took it kind of bare. He thought it was kind of a bearish sign that they're kind of like demoting him yeah. in some way. Um, right. From what I hear about Jerome, this is Jerome Gein, Um yeah. what I hear about him, he's always been interested in trucking. Like he's one of yeah. these kind of like mega star blokes who just doesn't really care about like making a lot of money or something like that. Like he's got plenty of money. It's right. just more about like his passion about trucking. And maybe he, you know, from what I understand, Model 3 ramp was a disaster. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. And so they went, oh, Jerome, like, I, I get you want to do semi. We're going to do semi, I promise. But for the for the meantime, we had you to jump on the Model 3. We had to get the Model yep. 3 sort, sorted out. And then he's like, all right, can I go to semi? And they're like, no, no, Model Y, really similar to Model 3. We need you to make sure that goes well as well, considering it's in China as well. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, okay, do that. Now they've ramped in China, where they're upping prices in China. It's gone like amazingly I thought my family's going to get a Model Y. We'll get to that in a sec. But we wanted a Model Y. It was meant to come in, you know, March this year. Um, right. And there's no chance. It's not even It's not even going to come in 2021, according to Troy Tesla, right. because the Chinese have bought them all up. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess now that's all satisfied. Jerome's done his job, the kind of angel he is. And now he's like, I want to go back to heavy trucking. And Elon, who already probably did almost all the work anyway for the automotive thing and just enlisted Jerome for a bit of help, is back in charge. I can see that. I, I, I do like your role play uh, version of this, this sort of like <laughs> pantomime. Like, So anyway, this is what happened, right? Uh, Elon Musk goes, oi, Jerome, right? We need you over a Model 3, yeah? Get over here. And he's like, well, I love trucking. He's like, no, get over here. We're having trouble. Uh, uh, this is great. I, I think we should do this for all of our, our theories. Um, I agree, uh, and the thing is, Jerome came from a trucking background. Like he he worked for I think it was Mercedes Benz's trucking division. Uh, we'll have to look it up. I could be wrong there. Yes. Um, but he came from a, a trucking background, and that's always been his focus and his passion uh, throughout his career. You know, when the the semi and the roaster two run failed, like Jerome was on stage, like leading that presentation yeah. at the beginning, um, and he's really uh, he's done amazing things at Tesla. I mean, he did save. The company really but when they were having all those troubles with model 3 ramp um he was the one that was like like oh you know we can make this extra um assembly line out of like used parts and we'll just throw up like a tent strung structure um sprung structure if i can even say the word yeah um and 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 it worked and and like you know he's been credited with kind of like saving the company through doing that so to me, this doesn't seem like a demotion, like you say. It was like always what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and he just happened to be doing the whole of automotive. And to be honest, Semi wasn't ramping. Semi hasn't been ramping. So what else would he have been doing if he was going to focus that early on mm-hmm. that stuff? He wouldn't have had enough to do. 
So to me, now that they are actually ramping the semi, we've seen those videos of, of the semi on the track. Um, actually, I even saw that Sawyer Merritt um, on Twitter was saying that there's like a bunch of job postings that have been like put out there and they need to fill them in, in Q2 for, for the semi program. So all of the signs are pointing to it's just like it's happening now. So yeah. I agree with you. I, I don't I'm not with Gary, but Gary's like, oh, yeah, that's a demotion. But yeah, I mean, that was why they're saying that basically Elon and Zach are kind of like giving cover to Jerome and being like, oh, we'll just have fun with this name. That will take all the headlines. It won't be, headline won't be Jerome gets demoted, you know? Yeah. But yeah, not at all. Don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I also think that when you say, oh, it's a demotion to trucking, obviously trucking will constitute less revenue than um, the automotive, but like the regular automotive section of right. Tesla. But it's, it's not necessarily that like, you know, I don't think Elon thinks it's less important in any way. Like in terms of like yeah. achieving the mission, like, semis are chat like they're they're like first of all they're slow they're actually they're, i assume they're crap to drive the brakes right. on them are like the loudest things ever you can't like they say you know on some roads don't use the handbrake because like you'll wake everyone up um right they pollute like crazy and then the actual like truck drivers um who would obviously benefit from something like autopilot which has never come into any like current semi truck they just there's not their specialty making like technology like that all the yeah. truck drivers at night, when they have to sleep in their in their truck, they put on a generator, right? So they're just burning petrol or diesel, and to like to power like you know the heating or the air conditioning or something like that. That's just terrible for the environment. Apparently, it's like absolutely horrific for the environment. Whereas if you had a massive battery pack, you could do whatever you wanted. Like mm. you could air condition that cabin for like three months, and you'd have enough charging one. Um, you'd have enough power in one charge. So. We'll have to fact check you afterwards on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just it just I mean, seems, it's a long time. Yeah. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, with a battery pack that big. Because you think about like on like the you know for example um like making sure the the car is like um major a Tesla like regular Tesla like a Model Three, which we're gonna yep. get to in a sec. Making sure a Model Three is kind of always connected, so like you can use your phone and like turn the aircon on even when you're like you know 100 meters away from the car. That probably yep. drains like the t- like literally the tiniest amount possible of the battery. You know, if an iPhone does that, it can last a day. And like the battery pack in a Model 3 is, I don't know, 30,000 30, times the size. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a demotion. I think it's really good. They're, no. they're pressing ahead with it. Um, and it's kind of impressive when you step back and think about it. Like people don't really appreciate this, but how many companies are pioneering this new technology? But then also like how many companies in general are making a the fastest car in the world, like a Roadster? or like a Plaid Plus Model S and a semi-truck at the same time and ramping yeah. them. Like, Not many. no one, no one can do that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like that's this, that's why people are investing in Tesla. It's not about their products today. It's about their technology and how many things it can disrupt in the future. It's crazy. Yeah. It no, me I mean, it's it, 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 totally like for the mission side of things, semi's huge. Like, mm. like you said, I think the emissions piece of it, I forget the numbers, but it's like, you know, it gets close to, if not maybe more than like passenger cars in terms of emissions. So yeah, super, super important. Um, and I, I just love it that, you know, maybe Elon and Drew, uh, Zach were like kind of, you know, helping their, their buddy out, you know, by taking these headlines away. Uh, there was even a, a, a Twitter guy that, I think his name was Terry something, what was it? But he was saying that, you know, um, Gwen Shotwell of SpaceX should be the mother of dragons, which I thought was amazing <laughs> as a title. So I'm looking forward to more meme titles uh, from Tesla in general. Um, but yeah, speaking funny. of Teslas, uh, 
Model 3. Made I hear huge, that so... there's been some news on the Model 3 front. Haven't? So the, the family was going to wait until the Model Y came out just for our needs, like golf clubs, like, you know, big family, whatever. Big blokes. Right. Me and my brother. And we, you know, I was driving the Beamer, the fucking Beamer, the mm-hmm. white Beamer we've got. It's got 75,000 Ks, which is something like, right. I don't know, maybe 45,000 miles, 50,000 miles. So not much. Five-year-old car, probably costs $100,000, $110,000. Aussie dollars. Aussie right? dollars, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's like a luxury car. Like it's a premium yeah. car. And yeah. it's fucking terrible. I've said this, not just because, oh, I don't like it. I want to test or something. It's like, no, no, it's mm. kind of breaking down. The aircon on it's screwed. It constantly oh. says powertrain issue drive moderately and like i'm like well i'm driving 40 k's an hour like in a school zone like what are you what are you how much more moderate do you want me to drive and then um you know i I, yesterday um i was driving through a a place called richmond um for everyone all the melburnians listening and i was driving down punt road like very busy main road and i was trying to cross this um intersection which is like notorious bridge road right near Richmond train station. It's like, there's just so many people. It's like completely chockers. And I try and accelerate the car and it just doesn't accelerate. It's going like 30 Ks an hour. I'm like, put my foot like down and like, I'm kind of panicking. I'm like looking at all the screens like wondering what the hell is going on. The car's just like not accelerating. Finally, I like get through in this section like 50 and it kind of like slowly like becomes more normal. I'm like, this car's like falling apart. It's saying engine's oh too hot. Like, anyway, we said, bugger it. We can get like 40 K for trade-in or 45 K for trade-in we are getting a Tesla and whatever Tesla we can get in Australia, we're getting it. So we ordered a Model 3 long range, um, wide exterior, wide interior, because that looked kind of cool. Um, nice. And this made me think, everyone's like, who the fuck cares? Good on you, Harry. Um, but this made me think about a little idea. Okay. So I was playing around the configurator because um, mum's like, you just saw that, Harry. And I was like, yeah, no worries. I know, know what we're looking for. And... Um, I was flicking around the different paint colors, different interior, this kind of thing, like different, uh, you know, performance, long range, whatever. And I noticed how like crazy this thing called the luxury car tax is in Australia. So in Australia, the luxury car tax is um, essentially it's a 33% tax on every dollar you spend above a certain threshold. So it's about $70,000. So if you spend like $70,000 on the dot, you don't pay luxury car tax. Right. If you spend $100,000, you'll pay 33% on top of that 30000 extra. So you'll pay $40,000. you pay 10000 in luxury car tax. So it adds up. It's fucking annoying. But right. it also made me think of this. With Teslas, a lot of the like performance that actually gets unlocked in the vehicle is through software updates aftermarket. Mm-hmm. So you can get the long range and you can pay a couple of thousand dollars and get an acceleration boost. And right. the performance in the long range, I'm pretty sure like, it's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like exactly the same vehicle. It's the same pack size, it's dual motor. The only difference is that they kind of like use software to kind of like alter its performance in some way to kind of like incentivize right. people to pay up, pay more for a higher performance that's car. That's my understanding too. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy to get fact-checked on it, but it just seems like when you look at the stats, like the exact weight, it's exactly the same like, Yes. yes, they've got different brakes and like different wheels and stuff, but like it's it's kind of the same vehicle. I was thinking in Australia, but like I'm sure other markets have luxury car tax as well. Why not release like the Model 3 for like 70K, right? And it go you know, has like a five second 
zero to 60 and you know has like x amount of range and then people aftermarket if they want which they will want they will pay for the software upgrade so let's say it comes with to make it simple 500k's of range five mm-hmm. seconds zero to 60 you can pay aftermarket fifteen thousand dollars to get a software update which makes it 3.3 seconds and 650k's of range that way you wouldn't have to pay the luxury car tax so you wouldn't have to pay a lot so i don't know if that's true though would you there's got to be like loopholes or something surely where like the government would know that and they would write that into the laws that's what i that's what i was thinking except when we get the long range it's Mm -hmm. over the certain threshold but we're like we could get the like acceleration boost and the acceleration boost, we wouldn't have to pay luxury car tax on it because it's paid for by the dealerships, right? right. So when we buy a car, it's $88,000. It's not like we buy for 85 and then have to pay someone 3K after. It's done by the dealerships. So I'm just, let me work on this idea. Original yeah. idea, Tesla Commonwealth podcast, you heard it here first. <laughs> I think this has potential. I think this has real potential. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't see why Tesla couldn't do it. Like, fuck paying too much tax. It's good for, it's good for the consumer. It's good for Tesla. I, I mean, I'm for it. I think it's a great idea if it works. I feel like there might be some gotchas that we're mm. not considering, but who knows? You might be right. Maybe maybe this is a good loophole. Yeah, I'm happy to listen Elon, to you. Elon, if you're listening, sort yeah. it out. Yeah, and like um, the Tesla accepting Bitcoin, which is very recent news. Um, yeah, and that was a big one. I mean, people are hyped about that. Like yeah. the amount of stuff I saw on Twitter, or on Reddit, mm. people are like, whoa, it's happening. You know, yeah. and, and you know, Tesla bought 1.5 bill of of. Tick, of Bitcoin, you know, recently, mm. and that's gone up a massive amount since. Um, so it's good to see them follow through on that. I mean, they said they were going to start accepting it, and it's come quicker than I thought it was. Yeah, for sure. I think it's really good. I mean, I saw a comment yesterday saying, "Oh, in Australia, we don't have capital gains tax on Bitcoin. So if you, um, you know, buy twenty thousand dollars of Bitcoin, it goes to one hundred k, and you buy a Tesla with it, you won't have to pay capital gains tax." That's not true. Um, I don't think okay. in America it's true either, but. I'm sure there's many countries in the world, maybe in Europe, especially with a bit more like progressive, um, they wouldn't have capital gains tax on Bitcoin or like cryptocurrencies in general. So that could actually be huge. Like if someone kind of hit the jackpot with Bitcoin and like, oh my God, I'm going to pay like 20% tax on this gain. Like that sucks, right? Just buy a Tesla. It's basically 20% off. It could be huge. Um, Yeah. It'll be and, interesting to research that. We should look and see if there are any markets where that, that is yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame it's not in the US and ours, but um, yeah. Yeah. Good, uh, nice little look at you finding all these loopholes. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I hate tax so much. I think like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I actually hate tax so much. I'd much rather have, um, and you know, people criticize like capitalism in general because it's like, it's kind of ruthless or whatever. I understand those criticisms. I'd much rather have this system where it's like, okay, you pay half of you let's say you owe 100k in tax for whatever reason you pay 50k in tax to the government for them to go waste and then you have to donate 50k to like one of these registered organizations because you give these like organizations you give like someone you know who's running this particular charity fifty thousand dollars they use it way more resourcefully than the fucking government does where they just waste money on roads and like oh yeah roads god who needs those (laughs) (laughs) but you know guys you heard it here first uh harry collins running for aussie prime minister in uh 2025 i think um so we're 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 getting political this this week (laughs) 
I just, I just can't even deal with. I just, mum's like, mum, mum trying to tell me she's like, you shouldn't hate tax so much because if you hate tax so much, you're going to try and dodge it and you're going to go to prison for it. And I was like, no, I won't. But I just really do hate tax. <laughs> he says, no, I won't, and rolls his eyes. Yeah, like, we can mom, see you scheming off. already. You spent ten minutes on this podcast trying to avoid tax. As it is, I think your mum's onto something. And I think perhaps the biggest part about this whole Tesla accepting Bitcoin thing mm-hmm. was that they said they're not going to convert it back to. USD, so oh, they're just going to stockpile yeah. the Bitcoin, which I don't like. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I think that's kind of. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess it's the it's it's betting on the future of Bitcoin and saying it's always going to be a thing. I mean, so far that's proven true. Um, you know, everyone's called the demise of Bitcoin time and time again, and it's roared higher every single time. Um, yeah, I mean, like I was reading. I remember when I dabbled in some Ethereum uh, last time, the last run up that happened a couple of years back. Um, and then it went down like 90% and I was like, eh, I don't believe in this enough. So I'll, I'll change over to Tesla and that's fine. Cause they basically run up the same amount mm. since then. Um, but yeah, there was like headlines being like, oh, you know, it's almost like, uh, this idea of Bitcoin and like its popularity, it's like, it's spread as far as it can go. Like it won't go past that previous peak. And then obviously it has gone past that previous peak. Massively, yeah. And, then, and people have just been calling this time and time again. So you know, I, I think they're onto something. You know, Bitcoin may be here forever. So it's just an alternative digital thing. Well, yeah. Any time will tell. And perhaps we can draw an analogy to that NFT thing because as we kind of mm. agree, like the NFT thing's a little bit bubbly, but like some things kind of make more sense than others. Bitcoin right. makes a lot more sense than just YOLOing like all your money into like these random like multi-thousands of cryptos. Like I've got, um, I use this platform called Binance to do all my like, mm-hmm. I was about to say crypto trading. I don't really trade crypto, but like a couple of cryptos. But um, like most just, I basically 99% it's just Bitcoin. But there's just like, a, there's like three new ones every week. There's just yeah. like a, a few, like just more and more bit, like more and more like fake Bitcoin things. And it's like, how can anyone keep track of what they all do? There's just so yeah. many like random things. Well, it's a whole marketplace trying to fill niches and, you know, it's like, some will survive and some will be successful. I mean, some already have been successful to some extent, uh, whether it's Ripple or Ethereum or, you know, whatever, VeChain, whatever you want to, whichever one you want to go for. Some of them have been successful, but um, yeah, it's like with any market, I guess, there's going to be winners and losers. It's hard to know which ones will be winners and which ones will be losers. That's why I've now come to the realization that if you're going to be in that space at all, it should just be Bitcoin for now, um, just because they are the winner take most at the moment. Um, much like Tesla is, you know, Tesla is, seems to be the winner take most as of today, as of 2021. Um, we'll see what, what happens and hopefully their future is bright and they're mm. releasing products left, right and center as the years go on. Yeah. I know you have some thoughts on Tesla's strategy for kind of when they release their products and stuff. Oh, going yeah. back to that whole Jerome Guillaume and the Roadster 2.0, it's like, yeah. it seems like that day's been pushed back and back and back since yeah. that unveiling. I want to know your thoughts. So this originally came up, we were going to talk about it on the last episode with Griffin. Um, I had this thought because I had this chat with a very nice gentleman in a car park at a, at a golf course. Um, I, if I could talk about Tesla, I'll talk about Tesla. And this bloke came up to, the, to me and was talking about this, the Beamer that I was driving and like, does it have a lot of space in the car? And I was like, oh, like a T1 has fucking loads of space. Fucking Tesla. You should look at like, go on the website, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, trying to like sum to it as, as you do. Right, it's like you know a little Mormon, you know adherent that I am, you know going yeah. and preaching, evangelicist. Um, yes, <laughs> and um, I, you know, so I was chatting and I was like, you know, I walked away from the conversation. I was like, fuck, like this bloke probably would have bought 
I seem kind of convinced he probably would have bought a Model Y or a Model X because um, that's kind of what it suited his needs, like a big SUV, um, right. if they had them in Australia. But yeah. they kind of announced the the Plaid versions and they're not coming till like pff, late 2022, I reckon, in Australia. Maybe 2023. So In Australia. In Australia. So they, they're not going to get any sales for the next two years. But this relates to America, where I think most of our listeners are. Because Tesla kind of, you know, has been accused many times of kind of like, you know, Elon's been accused of being a pumper, you know, hyping these products to kind of like inflate the stock so that they can actually make the products, right? Like if the stock's high enough, they can raise capital and, and make the products. So right. I, I get why in like 2016, 17, 18, they kind of had to do these like, very pre, like I'd say probably premature announcements so like semis coming and like you know the end of 2019 it's gonna be huge you know Cybertruck 2021 like we're gonna get it we're gonna smash it out like you know start 2021 um they like the Roadster I think it was meant to come last year no side of it and like you, you can blame COVID all you want there's no chance they would have done it last year yeah. um and I wonder your thoughts about Tesla announcing products seemingly too early. Yes, I get the argument they needed capital back in the day, but now they can raise $5 billion like that. So they don't need to like be too forward-looking um, and have six products yeah. in the back burner. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's tough, right? Because one of the aspects of this is Elon time. People in the Tesla community know this. You know, Elon is very aggressive, very optimistic with his timelines. So he does truly believe that, you know, if things go well, we're going to roll out XYZ product or get this thing finished by this really aggressive timeline. You know, he does it with SpaceX as well. You know, he's been saying, hopefully we're going to get people boots on Mars in like 2026, uh, maybe even earlier than that, he said before. Yeah. So it, it's looking less likely that that will happen but it's still not out of the realms of possibility yet but we'll see like it's probably that will slip a little to the next mars transfer window so it's like part of it's just his nature and he's like well i wouldn't be doing these kinds of things if i wasn't optimistic like that's part of the problem like i remember yeah. one of that was on one of the um you know tesla investor days um i think it was galley that asked that question he was like oh not sure we can trust your timelines because like these things you know, keep slipping. And he was like, yeah, I should probably start sandbagging for sure. And I will say, I think since then, and since that kind of conversation with Gally at the investor day, they have done better at sandbagging things. You know, they the Model Y is the sort of most famous example of this. You know, they said it was like autumn of 2020 and it came out way before then. Uh, I think I'm getting those dates right, either 2020 or 2019. And so that was good. That was good to see, but it helped that it was kind of like almost identical to the Model 3, shared a bunch of parts, able to ramp quicker. Thing is, things like 4680 batteries, these are revolutionary batteries. They're going to slash the energy efficiency and cost and all this stuff. They're saying they'll get start getting them out in production, you know, probably this year-ish. Um, you know, I, I want to see that happen at scale. And then at 2022, they're meant to actually produce 100 gigawatt hours of these batteries, which is, that would just be insane. I think that's more than their annual, like, production of batteries currently. I think Panasonic's doing, like, 40 gigawatt hours or something around that mark. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, you're right in the sense that it does kind of give people this impression, like, hey, like Tesla always says it's coming and then it's always late. Um, so I agree with you, but then there's also the argument that maybe you need to like do that to head off competition. 
if they didn't, you know, Lucid comes out with a 500 and something mile, you know, announcement of this car they're making. And now Tesla has to be like, okay, the plaid's coming out, you know? Mm. Um, so there's that argument too. So I kind yeah, of I like give them some credit to be like, okay, they're like being competitive in the marketplace. Like yeah. these things are coming, we are gonna make them. And they've always delivered eventually, yeah. but they do tend to be late. And the last thing I'll say on the, the sort of bad timelines is I like it personally as an investor because yeah. normally the, the stock takes a hit every single time this yeah. happens. And so I'm expecting some problems with the Cybertruck. The stock's going to take a hit. I will load up. They'll deliver it. It will be amazing, and the stock will move. So that's my yeah. my prediction. What no, I like you? that. I agree with a lot of things in that. I think I definitely agree that um, from our perspective, like as obviously, like you know, my family will be a consumer soon. But and like you know, one day I hope you'll be a consumer too. But for now, yeah. we're like long term investors. It's kind of like this meme of like Tesla Q says. Elon Musk said FSD would be world-changing by 2030. It was world-changing in 2032. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, short yeah. stock, whatever. Um, you know, that's the benefit of being a long-term investor. It's like, oh, is anyone in like 2030 going to look back and be like, oh no, Tesla delivered the Cybertruck four months late. It's like, no yeah. one cares. Um, I'm more concerned about like consumer satisfaction because obviously as a business, like mm-hmm. the consumer matters. And yeah. for example, in Australia, they've like, by having the plaid versions and not bringing them out in Australia to like 2023, they used to have a car they could sell in Australia, right? Right. The Model S and the Model X were selling. You know, people right. in Australia have plenty of money and there's like not much supply, so like they were selling them. And now they've totally cannibalized those sales by saying, hey, yeah. in like, you know, two or three years, we'll have other cars. So you can't even buy an SUV made by Tesla at the moment in Australia. So right. in terms of consumer satisfaction, that's kind of like lacking. Um, what I would love... It's just one time. I know the Model Y, they said like, you know, kind of mid 2020. And I think it came out in like March, like right, like pandemic type starting. Yeah. Um, but I want one fat, fat sandbag. I want the hugest, mm-hmm. largest sandbag. I want them to be like on the, like don't announce like the um, Model S Plaid or Model X, just like start making them. And then Q2 earnings, like the, also Q1 earnings, the one we're about to um, have in, I guess, April. Um, they go, hey, like we've refreshed the Model S and X and not only have we refreshed it, it can deliver next week. Boom. Yeah. Order now, you get it next week. That would be huge. You know, I know there's other tactical things that you are pointing to about like competition yeah. and all that, but I think like that would be huge. Then people would be like far out. Like we can't just assume Tesla's always going to be late because mm-hmm. sometimes they're early and we've got the Model Y to prove it. We've got the Plaid versions to prove it. Maybe this is a turning point for Tesla. Maybe like in the future, it'd be a bit early. And that would kind of balance out the like roads to being late, semi being late, Cybertruck being late, plaid versions being late. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from. And, and I feel like they did do that a little bit with the plaid. Like the, the normal versions of the plaid are coming, like they're, they're being delivered, at least in America, um, like right now, right? Yeah. So that's cool, right? The refreshed versions of the, of the um, SNX. It's the Plaid Plus that seems to be the delayed one. Yeah. Right? That got pushed out by another six months to like mid-2022 or something. Yeah. So yeah, that sucks. But they did, yeah. I mean, they kind of went on the conference call and the last conference call and were like, yeah, hey, we, we refresh them and you can order them next month. And it was yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That was good. So yeah, hopefully they've turned a corner. We'll see. Um, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, and I think that I'll give them a lot of credit for the Plaid. Um, I think it was smart, like um, smart business move. So we saw at battery day 
the model S Plaid. We thought it was one model um, and we thought it had, you know, it, it's the Plaid Plus, right? Like fast and mm-hmm. two second acceleration, 520 miles of range plus. So we saw that at battery day. And then they said, you know, oh geez, you know, it takes a little bit of time to like perfect this kind of new technology. It's going to take another six months maybe, but we're going to release a kind of like lesser plaid, but still plaid because it's like bloody quick and it's going to be tons of videos on YouTube and a refresh of the long range, which is like still such a sick car and like a very, very competitive price. And so they've kind of like balanced it out a bit better. I will be early on a different product and late on the product we said. And so they did do a good job in that. I'll give them credit. Um, Oh, I'm so keen to see that plaid in action. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're already seeing a few videos of people, you know, with a new UI and stuff. But yeah, I want to see some uh, drag racing, some some times. Yeah, yeah, I think it's meant to be like two point something seconds or something crazy. Yeah, I think it's one point nine nine, but like in real world use with like. This tires. is this is before the Plaid Plus is one nine nine. Yeah, the Plaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The regular oh, Plaid one point nine nine. Yeah. So like, it'll Jesus. be like. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's it's dumb. <laughs> and and that the scariest part about that is just like, what about the Roadster? Like the yeah. roads is going to be quick. That's just like obscene. Then you add the SpaceX package with the, uh, you know, compressed gas thrusters. That's just going to, I mean, oh, I can't, I can't believe what times this thing is yeah. going to do. That's if you, I mean, like, you know, the, the future of Tesla is bright. I mean, you know, oh, you saw Arc kind of commenting on this recently, right? They've come out with new price targets, haven't they? Yeah, that's a good transition, actually, Josh. That was that was good. You're, you're right. No, that was good. That was good. Like, um, what can I say? Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I'll try no, that next time. You're mate. right, Kathy Wood. Um, I love this phrase. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing CNBC has done well. Um, create that phrase. Knock on wood. I really like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she's come out. Um, or I can best in general have come out and said, uh, bear case is fifteen hundred in twenty twenty five, which. I know like Tesla shareholders are used to just like having gains 24-7 and like 10% up, 10% up, 10% up. But that's still a great return from where the stock is now. It closed at 6.30 yeah. or something like that um, for the next four years. Um, and then the base case is 3,000 with a bull case 4,000. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't account for uh, energy. No energy, yeah. And there was one other thing it didn't account for. I can't quite remember. Maybe like trucks. Oh, yeah. Maybe it didn't account for semi. I forget. It might be yeah. trucks, yeah. I forget what, what, what other piece was yeah. missing, yeah. Um, what was your take on the, the price targets? It's interesting. I think they're okay, price targets. Um, you know, I, I massively respect Ark and Kathy and all the research they do. I think they do great research. And they've been right so far. Like, mm. they had these crazy predictions on Tesla yeah. for years. And people, they were, like, literally laughed at. Well, they were, like, on, you know, CNBC and stuff. But they were laughed at and it all came true. So it's like, well, that's partly why, you know, Kathy and Ark are like this new sort of mecca for, for you know, passive investing um, in the markets. And they are like the hot new fund that, and she's the hot new analyst. Um, but, you know, I, I also, I don't know if you saw Rob Maurer's video on um, Ark Invest's new to price targets. Yeah, he had some interesting things to say because he, he, he wasn't too keen on this Monte Carlo simulation that they use. Yeah. Um, and he was showing, I'm sure most people who watch this have seen it, you know, that like has some weird scenarios. It runs 40,000 different scenarios. And some of them had like Tesla selling like 130 million vehicles <laughs> at like 40% margins and stuff. Um, and so that's just the way that- By 2025, Carlo, by 2025 yeah, as well. Right, by, by, by 2025, yeah, important point. And so it's just like, yeah, it's, it's almost unlikely that that's ever gonna happen. 
But the, that's the whole point of Monte Carlo, right? It, it creates these crazy tail events, and most of them are in the middle somewhere. Um, but he was just like, eh, I don't like that methodology. Like, just come out with a scenario that you think is going to happen and work from there. And I kind of agree with him on that. Mm. Um, I also think, you know... I think ARC, you know, is, is is great what they do, but it's just like, yeah, missing out energy. It's like, why? I, I don't I don't know if they explain that fully. Maybe they did. Mm. But that kind of gives me pause. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you include energy? And then there were some actually really good, um, you know, critiques of the insurance side because they were including insurance. And that was like a, a fairly decent, like, chunk of, of revenue or something for their targets. And I saw this guy on Twitter was, like, giving some decent critiques of it. And kind of knew the insurance market inside and out. And he was basically just saying their projections were just like way too bullish on the insurance side of things. Yeah. It's like they're not going to get anywhere near um, that kind of revenue at the insurance side. Now, they were missing the energy side, so maybe that balances each other out. But like, again, it's kind of like, huh, that's another kind of like question mark. Like, mm, I'm not sure I agree with that personally. Um, so who knows? Maybe they're seeing things I'm not, um, but I'm not. It's just a kind of a controversial thing. I've never been like crazy about ARC. I think they're really good, but I'm just kind of like, they're good in the good camp. Yeah. And I think it's also predictions in general are really hard. And they've been especially one of the four years out. That, Especially four years out for exactly. high growth, new technology, like, yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, I think, you know, maybe there's a bit too hype, much hype around ARC. I mean, they got their price targets right about Tesla previously. So absolutely give them credit. They do incredible work can't deny that but i'm also in the camp that says like well but a analyzing and analysts is kind of a fool's errand in general and predicting is really effing hard so i don't think they're like you know a million times better than anyone else trying to make predictions yeah um, they're certainly better than the standard wall street oh, for sure, people, yeah. like adam jonas and people yeah. like that um but yeah i've never been super super bullish on them so yeah. that's my take I give them I give them a six or seven out of ten. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm pretty bullish on the price target too, so I think they could still be right on the price target, even yeah. if they're wrong on the reasons why. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, would any shareholder be like disappointed if they're only like two thousand three hundred in twenty twenty five? Right. Far out. Um, my my thoughts on it are, the Uber type, somebody driving other people around, like ride sharing, but like Uber style, DD style, like that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think Elon mm -hmm. wants to do that. I think that kind of Tesla bulls, like Tesla fanatics, they're kind of like, this is not really going to work, right? It's not really going to like, why would someone want to get that over an Uber? Like, yeah, obviously it might be more luxurious, but it's like, uh, I don't know, like, do people really care that much? I don't think people do. If it was a robo taxi, completely different situation because you could make it half the price of an Uber. Um, and that's right. where like the change can occur. The robo taxi thing is a massive part of their bull case, obviously, and their like base case. And so not as, you know, I want it to be a thing, definitely. But yeah. it's, you know, to, to rely on that for the price targets for a base case is a bit like, not sure about that. Um, it's interesting about um, criticisms that are being leveled at Arc now. You know, Kathy was crazy, like you know, this is the end of ARC, like we're going to look back on this, it's the biggest bubble, like blah, 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 blah. It's hilarious yeah. because those people, I don't know what they were doing. They weren't around in 2018 or 2019 because yep. that is exactly what Kathy Wood was perceived as then. And now she yep. looks like a genius. And now she's outperforming yep. everyone on Wall Street. They're like, oh, man, this is the time. This is different. It's like, 
yeah. what makes it you know what makes it different what makes you think she's like lost her mind now um right uh and in terms of the energy side of things they're not including energy i think it's kind of the arguments like for it is like well you could have yeah that's potential upside right but it seems weird not to include that in the model mm-hmm. considering like tesla energy is obviously going to be huge um right but i think that they're their comments about it were that supply is going to be the kind of limiting factor for energy. And so we're just going to model it as if like, you know, that 100 kilowatt hour pack is going to a car and price that instead of a um, like a stationary storage right. scene. I disagree with them on that. And the reason I disagree mm. with them on that is because Tesla is not actually, every company in the world, it sounds paradoxical, but every company in the world is not actually trying to make as much money as possible right now. That's not actually yeah. what they do, right? They build a brand and they just make sure that there's consistent growth over time. And so those energy storage packs, like if people have those in Australia, if people have those all around the US, there's solar roofs going around. If in India, they start moving into it with like energy storage packs, people believe in Tesla as an ecosystem. And the ecosystem is where you change the world. Yeah. It's not like individual cars change the world. It's the whole ecosystem you build. It's people who buy a Tesla car, buy a solar roof, buy the energy storage. And so I think that they're going to like have a dedicated, maybe it's 10%, 15%, something like that, a dedicated amount of battery supply that is going to go to the energy side of things. Just like how now they ship yeah. some vehicles to Australia. Not many, but they ship some. They ship some yeah. vehicles to Europe. It's clearly more profitable than to sell it in America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the last point on that is that companies now like they spend on advertising and you know you see these ads and it's like drink coke when you have a barbecue and it's like okay okay let's say that ad costs a hundred thousand dollars yeah that ad can be cost a hundred thousand dollars that will not generate a hundred thousand dollars of like revenue in like the next month or two months or three months or maybe even a year but it yeah. builds up this brand of coke and then like when yeah. you go in five years time you've been drinking coke for the last five years you'll buy it again and when now when you go buy coke that's because you know the brand from the ads five years ago um right. i hope people listening can kind of understand where i was going on that rant um but no, I, I think that's right it's um it's interesting i mean i, I would love tesla to be at 3000 in 2025 i think that'd be pretty pretty golden <laughs> yeah i mean i i could i could believe the price target like you say i think it's more about like the the details around like the why um i agree i think they will continue to ramp energy and and like you say they'll just do it as a kind of branding thing and they want to be a player in that market mm. and they have the technology, they have these amazing power pack products to go with the solar. I mean, obviously yep. solar roof's going to keep ramping. The only way you're going to keep ramping that is if you keep ramping the power pack too. Now, I don't think they will max out the market as quickly and as optimally um, as they could mm. based on kind of what Ark's saying. So I will say, I kind of believe what Ark's saying around energy a little bit more because obviously I am this guy who is like the lithium guy, right? Who is like banging the table and is there at the- What's your little catchphrase that you always say? The spice must flow. Oh, I forgot that for a sec. There we go. That's what so I- it's from the it's from the movie Dune. And uh, it's like the, the spice runs the universe basically. Um, and so there's like wars over it and things. And, um, you know, Elon's a huge fan of Dune. And that's why I said it at Battery Day to him in, in my question about raw materials. And, um, you know, this will- uh, keep being a problem um, for the next few years until maybe around 2030. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll get more into detail around that when we talk about, uh, well, we should probably switch yeah. over to it now. I mean, VW just had 
basically the same thing as a Tesla battery day, except yeah. they called it a power day instead. Yeah. Um, it's actually completely unrelated. It was completely unrelated. See, power and battery have nothing to do with each other. So like VW right. power day. Yeah, I mean, there was an image no. of a battery, but yeah. they were talking about the power in the battery. So like you say, very different. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it was great to see. I, I think it's, you know, another bullish sign for VW, uh, Volkswagen. You've always been pretty Herbert bullish Dees. on um, Volkswagen. You've always liked Herbert Dees. I am. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's the one legacy person who is pounding the table like really hard yeah. about electrification and that it's the future. And he's benchmarking himself against Elon and Tesla um, constantly. Um, and so, yes, they had Dieselgate. And I think that incident has made them actually shift, you know, as, as ironic as it is, like being the worst kind of forced them to now yeah. try and be the best in electric and go at it with some some sort of, you know, genuine uh, kind of motives. Yeah. As like, okay, we need to change our brand in a big, big way. So we're gonna have to go to electric in a big, big way. And that's helping them. And so they had this battery day, um, power day, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, some, some amazing specs, you know, by 2030, they're gonna, have six gigafactories and they call them gigafactories, which yeah. is what Tesla's been calling their factories. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and they're going to be pumping out 240 gigawatt hours uh, a year worth of batteries at that point. Um, that's a ton of batteries. I think Tesla, like I said earlier, is about 40 gigawatts today. Um, and, you know, they're going to make some new changes to their chemistry. They're going to have like a unified cell design. I think they're going for prismatic cells across mostly. I think it's 80% of their vehicles yeah. are prismatics. Um, there, there's a ton of things in there um, that were very bullish. And the, the market seems to like it, right? I think they're, they're up like 60% their stock yeah. since they said that. Yeah. Um, so interesting. What was your take on this? Well, like, you know, the market, you're right. The market absolutely loved it. So I think um, VW in like March had like an 80% boost. And then it kind of came back to earth a little bit when people realized like, you know, kind of ran a bit too hard, whatever. But the market absolutely loved it. The articles coming out were crazy. I'm going to dissect an article later in this podcast because it was just like absolutely heinous. But um, they, the, the, you know, give them credit, right? They did, you know, people think we're a bit like too like crazy Tesla fanboys. No one else can compete. But the good thing about it was they copied Tesla in as many ways as possible. Now, that's actually a good thing, right? Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, right? Yes. They called it obviously power day instead of battery day, but like we all know it's the fucking same thing. They called them gigafactories, as you pointed out, which is like, I almost didn't notice it until like afterwards. I was like, oh yeah, that's they're actually just called mm -hmm. factories when it's not Tesla, right? Like they just called like, surely they trademarked that at Tesla. Um, mm -hmm. The other like kind of humorous thing about the presentation um, was that, at battery day, they were trying to, they were talking about how like, oh, like currently batteries are really slow to manufacture, really expensive. We need to kind of like keep developing the battery technology um, like printing and bottling back in the day. So they had these old like kind of relic, you know, videos of printing and bottling, um, you know, how quick it is to print newspapers now and how quickly it is to bottle things. And VW did the exact same thing where they were like, fuck, we're actually going to get accused of like, this is like essentially like fraud. Um, this is seriously, this is just stealing Tesla completely. So let's do money, like printing money. So this whole like video segment about printing money. I like thought it was just so comical. Um, yeah. They really loved, good on them, smart marketing play. They loved talking about the 50% cost reduction. So Tesla talked about a 56% cost reduction. We're going to tell you why it's bullshit in a sec. But VW tried to like associate themselves 
as closely as possible with this 50% thing. So it's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. if Tesla's down 56% in terms of cost and VW's down 50%, well, that 56 and 50 are pretty similar numbers. So therefore, like, yeah. they're pretty similar, right? Not at all, but we'll explain that in a sec. Um, and the other good thing, which was highlighted by Jordan Geeski of The Limiting Factor, mm-hmm. was that at the actual crux of it, beyond just their, like, presentation, their, like, kind of, um, you know, sophistry, I guess, um, their focus was the same as Tesla, which was they're talking about cost and they're talking about volume. They're not mm-hmm. talking about profit. You know, you have yep. like some companies who are like, oh, we're going to try and like be super profitable, like small batch, like we're going to make luxury small batch EVs. It won't work to scale up. you got to scale up massively now and focus on the volume mm-hmm. and the cost. Um, so now it gets the kind of bearish points. We can kind of take it in turn to kind of address these. First of all, was that Tesla was talking about 2023. Now, mm-hmm. for the market, right, we talk about like the stock market, 2023 is eons away. Like back in 2020, you couldn't even buy a leap for 2023. It's like not even worth considering for these like, you know, analysts mm-hmm. on Wall Street. But it's not that long away for like a revolutionary technology. So all the stats that Tesla were talking about was about 2023. VW was about 2030. Yep. That is very different. Um, yep. The second point, which you might want to talk about, is the whole like structural pack thing. Yeah, I mean, basically, they for now they're still going to be using modules and packs in their battery pack. You know, Tesla, one of their big revolutions at Battery Day was that hey, we're going to get rid of these modules and packs. It's literally the cell is going to go into the structure of the car, and it's just like in aerospace where you had the wing. It used to have a box and a box and a box to have a fuel tank in there. Well, now we just make the wing one big fuel tank, and that's what's happening with Tesla and these these structural packs. VW aren't doing that. So that's a huge savings that they're missing out by not doing that. And they're talking, these are their plans for 2030. So Mm -hmm. um, they're they're gonna be behind on efficiency and range and and everything else on Tesla if they're not going that route. Who knows, maybe they'll update that as they go, but for now, we don't see it. So that's not great. Um, And then, I mean, as well, I think, you know, the interesting thing you said about the batteries, what, what was the issue there? Oh, the, like, uh, the efficiency, sorry, the the 50% versus 50 Oh, yeah, so they're kind of like comparing, when they say 50% cost reduction, you've got to ask yourself, you've got to be, like, put your thinking cap on, right? 50% from what? Yeah. So let's go Tesla first, right? Tesla was talking about how they can, every cell that goes in every car, they can make for 56% less cost, okay? Mm-hmm. Compared to what they used to do. So let's say Tesla was at 100 we're now talking about $44 a kilowatt hour, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. 56% reduction. If you have VW doing like 160 and a 50% reduction, that's 80. Yeah. That's right. So so it's it's not the same as say 56 and 50. You've got to think about what's the 50% reducing off? You know, what's the yeah. 56% off from what? Um, the other part about that, I'll let you jump in a sec, was that with Tesla, they said, okay, we've got, you know, 18% is coming from this, 13% is coming from this, 12% is coming from this. You can see exactly where it was from and it applied to all their batteries. With VW, one of the ways they got to the 50% reduction was by using a less expensive material, right? Mm-hmm. But if you change nickel, which is more expensive to like lithium iron phosphate, you get far less performance. So yes, the battery might be 50% cheaper, but it's a different battery because now instead of the car going 350 miles, it can go 250 yeah. miles. So what does that even say? So really it's like a 30% cost reduction and it's 30% of a higher number as opposed to yeah. 56% of a lower number, which is what you want in terms of cost overall. 
Yeah, and it, and it was to do with efficiency too. They had some efficiency number that was similar, whether it was fifty percent or not. I could, I forget. But like you said, it's yeah. to do with the chemistry change. So they're yeah. they're talk, they're going from nickel, uh, you know, high nickel batteries that are long range to these LFP lithium ion phosphates, and that's got no change in like the technology. You know, like Tesla is showing yeah. like a bigger battery form with a tabless design. You know, this is the battery itself has has changed, and because of, and then also all these like kind of upstream changes too. Um, you know, they're using cathode. You know, third party manufacturers at the moment. Hey, we're going to do our own cathode. Um, so they're going to have their cathode plants and stuff like that. So BDRB aren't doing some of these things or aren't doing them as much as Tesla, and that's why they're kind of fudging the numbers here and just saying, oh, we're using this chemistry, and that's where we get our. It's like, well, that doesn't count. Yeah, like anyone could do that. Like literally anyone could use a LFP battery and say, "Hey, we're X amount more efficient, exactly or right. less cost, or whatever," than than we yeah. were before. I was like, "Well, yeah, you you just switch the material out." Um, so yeah, I mean, not as good, but I mean, it's it's the right direction, and they're probably one of the few legacy companies. In fact, probably the only legacy company that really, you know, striving for this. I mean, if you look at the numbers of their sort of 240 gigawatt hours. Um, you know, I'm looking at the people in the, the lithium market because I'm seeing that as a bottleneck personally for the next, you know, seven, nine years or whatever. Mm. Um, and they're saying that, you know, VW's 240 gigawatt hours is basically like 12% more than global production of lithium in 2020. And so, you know, it's like the, this thing that I've been beating the drum about and why I mentioned it to Elon at Battery Day, hey, We've got a problem here. Everyone's ramping their lithium, you know, lithium battery products, these cars, mm. and the lithium industry has not kept pace with investment. And unfortunately, that process is a glacial one. And it takes five to seven years at the speediest to put up a new battery mine. Yeah. So what are we going to do in the meantime? Like lithium prices are already spiking right now. I mean, I can put up a, a, a tweet by one of the um, Joe Lowry, who's like an expert in the lithium industry. He runs the global lithium ion product uh, podcast, and he is getting calls from like two of the five biggest, um, you know, lithium producers saying they're calling their people that they're giving them the stuff to and saying, "Hey, we're going to cut back on supply. Too many people are requesting this. We don't have enough to go round." So it's already happening. The price has doubled in the last, you know, six months or so. All the stock prices of lithium companies have started to go up, and this trend will continue. You know, all the experts, Rodney Hooper and Howard Klein from RK Equity, are saying we're going to be in structural deficit in the second half of 2021, and that will stay that way for a number of years. Yeah. So, it's happening. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, Tesla has enough of their agreements with Piedmont. You know, I don't know if that's enough to really supply all of their needs. I mean, Tesla basically gets all of their lithium, most of it right now, because Piedmont aren't producing from the big boys. So Albemarle, Livent, um, other Gangfen. Um, and so those CEOs were at Battery Day, right? Sitting in their Tesla. Mm, so I think that's yeah. why Tesla, uh, Elon was being a bit like, about his answer to me, uh, about what they're gonna do or what the industry can do about this potential squeeze. Because he keeps putting out this idea that, hey, lithium's abundant, right? And he keeps tweeting about this. Um, in fact, K10, Kristen tweeted, his quote about how abundant lithium is in the crust and it's completely true yeah. right there's tons of lithium and i know i've said this a million times on on the pod yeah. but it bears repeating because it's like that idea is out there you know like all, tesla fans are, uh, are tweeting it 
other people are, are, you know, kind of parroting it back at me and just in general, like, oh, lithium's everywhere. They're working on their own clay. It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen until 2030. So between now and 2030, we've probably got an issue, at least on the price of lithium. Probably all these other manufacturing things are going to offset that somewhat. Um, but it's one worth watching. I think it's going to be one of the limiting factors. It's, it's like how much supply can we get to ramp these products? And that might be ARC's issue with, with the energy side of things, is that there's just not enough raw materials and they're not going to ramp fast enough to grow that business before 2030. After 2030, if you've got your own supply of lithium, you're probably golden. But in the meantime, hopefully I'll make some money on some lithium stocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know that um, VW's plan, like their, their ultimate goal was 240 gigawatt hours by 2030. Mm-hmm. And Tesla's is right. three terawatt hours. So that's like mm. 12x VW's. So you can see it as kind of like a, I think that's quite like bullish for Tesla. I always think it's bullish for Tesla. But you're yeah. right. They're going to need to sway their lithium supply. Um, and hopefully they can get their own mining up and running, which would be pretty dope. Um, a couple of other things I noticed about this fucking vw battery day mm-hmm. power day whatever um was that the whole you might know a bit more about this than me but um apparently with like the whole like battery all the different cells the 4680 cells if one mm-hmm. they test it before they obviously put it like finish it up and put it in the car and apparently like if one or two cells are duds they can like take them out and replace mm-hmm. them whereas with the prismatic uh, the, pr- the prismatic like cell uh-huh. apparently you have to remove a lot more of the kind of affected area so you can't just remove right. each individual bit, which is, you know, kind of bare. I think it's a kind of bit of a problem in terms of scaling. Um, yeah. They talked about their charges. Everyone knows the Tesla supercharger network is far ahead and the numbers mm-hmm. just say it. In 2020, Tesla had 24,000 superchargers mm-hmm. and they're expanding rapidly. Like they built that factory in China whose mm-hmm. sole purpose is just to make superchargers. Whereas right. Tesla, oh, sorry, whereas VW wants 18,000 by 2025. So five years later, 25% less. It's just like, I don't know, Tesla's going to have like 50,000 by then easily. Easily, like maybe 75,000. And the other thing I noticed was that this VW stream, obviously us like switched on to the kind of EV space. We knew about it. The actual live stream within like a week of it had 25,000 views. Right. Um, And now it has about 75,000. Tesla had 2 million within the first week. Mm-hmm. pretty sure a million people were watching it like yeah. just think about the brand power that Tesla has like everyone heard about them accepting Bitcoin for cars like everyone knows it. everyone keeps their their eye on what Elon Musk is doing at any one time Herbert Deason VW just doesn't have that draw and I think it will matter when the competition starts heating up because as you said before winner takes most is just what yeah. happens in the technology space like why is Apple so successful because they're slightly better as an ecosystem than everyone else. It's yeah. not like it's night and day different, but it's slightly better. And so they can yeah. just take a massive market share. What I want to do, if you can load it up as well, was mm-hmm. go to this Forbes article. Okay. Um, and it was this article I saw. It was the worst article I've seen in so long, but it's kind of hidden. Okay. So I want, to, um, I want to kind of show you why it was so grim. So I'll chuck it up on the screen for the, the video people as well. So... Basically, it's about how like um, VW is going to beat Tesla, but it's not going to be with software or batteries. Um, and in terms of the key facts, if you scroll down to the key facts, we'll show this on the screen now. It says, I just want to like rebut every single one of these key facts. It's actually the worst written article mm-hmm. I've seen. In order to meet EU climate targets and beat Tesla, VW plans to launch about 70 purely electric car models by 2030. Okay. 
you can launch 5,000 different car models or two different car models. It doesn't make them better or worse. In fact, if you like yep. spread yourself thin over 70, you're just not gonna like have a great product. You see like mm. when Samsung and Huawei release like phones, they've got seven different phones. Apple only recently started doing this whole like pro like type model and yeah. Apple are crushing it. VW also plans to cut the cost of its EV batteries and and improve battery efficiency relative to Tesla by setting up its own battery cell production. When it says improve battery efficiency relative to Tesla, it doesn't mean make the cells for cheaper than Tesla. It means just reduce the cost relative to Tesla, which is like, I guess, a benchmark. So it's still more expensive. Analysts at UBS, or we know the Wall Street analysts have been tip top on their analysis, praised VW's debut EV model, the ID3 as the most credible EV effort by any legacy auto company so far. We're going to put the video up on the screen of that ID3 software. I don't know if you've seen this video. Yes, I have seen lagging. It takes two seconds to swipe side to side. This is, it is literally like an undrivable car. It looks ridiculous. And it's like, it's nowhere near a Tesla. So it's like good on them. Um, UBS, same analyst, anticipates that VW can seriously challenge Tesla's leadership in sales volumes by 2022. Right? Whenever they talk about this, ask, is it EVs, like electric vehicles or electrified vehicles? Because mm-hmm. by that sales volume thing, they're talking about hybrids as well. Mm-hmm. Hybrids kind of irrelevant. They're not really EVs at the end of the day. No. Um, and then VW is already the top seller in Europe, 24% market share. Yeah, this is another kind of like BS thing. Obviously, Tesla's supply constrained. They can't supply a bunch of cars to Europe. Plus, that stat about 24% includes hybrids. So... And then David Trainer, the CEO of New Constructs, he's the bloke that went on Tesla Daily and got like murdered by Rob Mao for a full hour before he like bailed on the interview because it was like, he just didn't know what he was talking about. So that's me smacking down this crap Forbes article. Um, I just think everyone should take a serious grain of salt when it comes to um, legacy auto going to EVs. VW has 12% gross margin on their automotive sales and they've been making ICE vehicles seemingly forever right? Compare that 12% with Tesla, who makes 20% on their EVs. So VW loses money on every single EV they sell. They've got negative gross margin. I know this because they would report if they had positive gross margin, which they don't. So lose money on every single EV. Where are they going to get all this money to build all this infrastructure, build the six gigafactories, start their own like cell production, right? This stuff is seriously, seriously expensive, especially when you're behind, you've got to like start buying the best mm-hmm. and get crap deals and they're going to try and fund it by selling ice vehicles which are sorry selling evs which are negative gross margin and which cannibalize their highly profitable somewhat profitable ice vehicles because if you go and buy a volkswagen you buy an, their ev instead of their ice vehicle you're essentially like giving them negative gross margin as opposed to what would have been positive gross margin so yeah. apologies for the five minute rant, but I just like... No, I think that's great. You know, that was great rebuttal. I agree with everything you, you've said there, all the rebuttals. Like it, the analysts, you know, traditional analysts tend to do a lot of these smoke and mirrors with these numbers. Yeah, it's fucked. Paint a picture that isn't true. Um, yeah. So it's it's good to open people's eyes. Um, you know, I think VW will do okay. Uh, I think they'll probably be the best of the, the legacy companies yeah, for in terms sure. of the EV space. I think it will be kind of like an Android to Tesla's iPhone. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a poor man's Tesla car. Yeah. It's not going to be as quick. It's not going to have as long range. It's going to be more expensive. They're not going to make as much margin on it. 
their software is going to be crappy as we've seen already. Um, so yeah, but there's plenty of people out there that seem to hate Elon Musk. So they'll probably buy the, the VW just despite, you know, Elon, uh, yeah. despite the fact that the product is, is way better if you get a Tesla. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to dominate over Tesla in terms of EV. Um, I, this is just a joke of an article. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's just so, there was so much crap like this about how like, oh, VW is about to eat Tesla's lunch and stuff. It's like, what the fuck? And then how like when Tesla talks about three terawatt hours in 2030, no one takes them seriously. No yeah. one takes them seriously. N- never reported three terawatt hours. Like no one does any calculations based on that three terawatt hour number. And then you've got um, the 240 gigawatt hours by 20, 2030 and everyone's like, that's going to destroy Tesla. This is it. Well, this is the, the, the funniest thing about this whole thing. And someone put this on Twitter as well. But it was like, oh, I think it was uh, James Stevenson who's been on mm. Gamley's channel. I think it was like, I cannot enough or something yeah, on yeah. Twitter. And he was saying like, hey, you know, Tesla Q's like, oh, you know, Tesla's, you know, technology and ideas are terrible and crap. Like it's never going to take off. Like Elon's a fraudster. Like he's, you know, he's just selling you smoke and mirrors. And then VW's like, yeah, our plan for the next uh, 10 years is to literally copy everything <laughs> Tesla has done. And we are the biggest car manufacturer in the world. And we're just going to copy everything Tesla's doing, literally but not everything. do it quite as well. Yeah. And it's just like such a joke. It's like yeah. the ultimate vindication, like the biggest auto company in the world is saying, we need to catch up to these guys and we're going to try our best. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, you can see that we're far behind them still. And it's just like, it's, it's over. Like, you know, mm. it's like these companies are just trying to desperately copy Tesla. And it's all they can do, right? It's, they should be copying Tesla because Tesla are doing the absolutely right things that they yeah. need to do to drive those cost curves down and, and really make EVs super mass market. But, you know, you hear all that. I mean, even average people still don't quite understand like Tesla's lead and, and like there's all this FUD out there about range anxiety still. I was on a call with some of my buddies and they were like still talking about range anxiety. They live in the UK, mm. you know, Tesla long range goes 350 miles it's like you basically cover like the whole country almost yeah that, um, yeah and the plaid plus which obviously is a high-end vehicle but like it's yeah. going to be like 550 miles which is just like right where are you going like yeah. are you going on road trips every single weekend like maybe you are and maybe tesla's in for you right now but like yeah yeah it's i don't think it's most people don't have that problem i mean i will say charging still has a, a little there is a little bit of a um uh, you know, leg to stand on with that argument in the sense that it's not quite as ubiquitous as yeah. gas stations. I mean, Tesla superchargers are effing everywhere in, in most developed markets, you know, Europe and, and US and, and China, they're doing really well. Um, but, you know, people are like, hey, if you live in an apartment, like where are you going to charge? Yeah, hey, I kind of get it. I mean, there's lampposts that have charges in them now in the UK. There's tons of those coming up. But there's definitely more work to be done for it to be like fully, fully mass market, like just parity with gas um, fill-ups, you know, in terms yeah. of like where they are in relation to you. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of go back, you know, it's just like we're still in these early days of EV yeah, adoption. Sure. And like, it, it's just going to be building in the next few years, like mm. ramping more and more. And we'll see more of this like roll out. I mean, going back to your point about like being the brand leader, like I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Rob Maurer was talking about the fact that he'd done the numbers on Reddit, subreddits of how many people were subscribed <laughs> to these different brands. And he, it, it was back in 2017 or 2018. Yeah, when it wasn't he huge. did this number crunch. No, it as was in, like, as in like when even, Tesla wasn't bona fide yeah, the best yeah, car Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tesla wasn't huge. But yet their Reddit sub, 
Reddit, you know, subscribers was ev- more than every other car yeah. brands combined by like a wide margin. And yeah. it's just like, it's already happened. People's, they already have the mind share. The kids want Tesla, you know, it, it's, it's happening, man. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to, to see this battle play out because yeah. they're going to dominate. Yeah, Tesla's eating everyone's lunch on every front. Like, you know, Volvo's known for their safety, right? You know, that's all Volvo right. safety, whereas like Tesla's safer. And then Lamborghini, I don't know. Maybe it's Lamborghini. Oh, mm-hmm. one of those extremely luxury exotic Ferrari, ones. One of those. Ferrari, one of those. Has come out and been like, we don't really think that part of the, you know, we don't really think that improving acceleration um, or top speed is really going to like improve the performance. We think we're going to really focus on handling. Handling's our new thing. Because to, obviously, because they, they've always made exotic cars. They've always sold their cars based on, yeah, we do 3.2 second this. Suddenly Tesla's giving this fucking four-door family sedan that does under two seconds. And they're like, nah, man, we're not competing with this. Like, we're going to do handling. Uh, Tesla hasn't talked about handling yet. Like, what are you talking? Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Anyways, and the hilarious well, thing about that is EVs are amazing for handling because all the batteries <laughs> are on the, on the bottom of the car. So it's like the best handling car you'll ever drive in your yeah. life. I think that those cars, like those, there's no doubt the Plaid Plus Model S, there's zero doubt in my mind, it is like, and Elon says this, it is the best car you can buy for any amount of money. I fully agree. That thing is fucking insane. I I said earlier, I'm really keen for the Plaid to get on the road and like see the reviews, like see it drag race because like two seconds and 2.5 seconds, like it's a completely different world. Like it really is. I know like for like those exotic sports car lovers, like, that's a different game. It is. It's it's a different pool park. I can't wait to experience it myself. I want to sit in one of those bad boys. Oh my God. I want to go and test drive so badly. I feel like I'd crash it. I feel like it's like the most dangerous car, but I don't know if you saw in the new UI, like V11, they had like, usually in like Tesla's, it'll be like chill or sport or like right. chill or standard or something. Um, now it's got chill, standard. Oh, sorry, it's got chill, sport, insane, and then like a launch mode or like drag mace road or something like drag drag race um, mode I think that's just like I'm so keen for it to come out it should be like Dude. next week shouldn't it yeah something like that yeah I mean there should be you see there's been so many photos yeah. of them on like these trails and stuff um, yeah 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 well consider- so well I, I can't believe this but we have got 100 subscribers and I seem to remember you saying that we were going to do some sort of special event or you were at least what yeah so I'm going to do thank you very much for the 100 subscribers everyone this is oh, like yes. it's kind of crazy actually like Josh and I just thought we'd be talking to ourselves for a long, long time um, but in honour of the 100 subscribers I'm just going to crack open this beer right now um, I'm a neck of beer in true is, Aussie style in true Aussie style it's 20 Harry's going to neck a beer <laughs> Middle of the uh, middle of the day in Australia. He's just outmanning me right now. It's a good beer. I, I'm out of beers. Otherwise, I'd join you. I gotta say, I feel I I, I kind of feel like Hello Kitty. I don't not Hello Kitty. Roaring Kitty. Hello Kitty's like the yeah. weird Japanese thing. Roaring yeah. Kitty. When he um, you gotta search it up. It's like St. Patrick's Day. You know, game stops at three hundred and fifty. He's gone from like half a million net worth to like fifty mil net worth, and he just goes cheers. He just next this in a shot. Um. So cheers, everyone. 100 subscribers. Love you all. Cheers. God. This. True Aussie grit. Doesn't even flinch. Down in one. He's going. Boom. What a legend. Oh, eyes watering. It's too well, early That was wonderful. I mean, we, we've done 100 subscribers. I'm crying. I'm so happy. Oh, my God. It's, it's been wonderful. I mean, w- wait till we've got in store for you next week and the weeks on we're, we're just going to up the content here we're going to up the value Mate, you're going to love it 
I gotta say, um, hunt what maybe maybe one thousand subscribers. Yeah, we'll do something like fat, like ten beer in like an hour type like challenge. We'll see what we can do for it. Um, <laughs> get us to one thousand. We're almost there. We're almost there. Just add one zero. We're sorted. Um, exactly. Yeah. Watch What's out, you- Rob Mauer. We're coming for you. <laughs> Josh, you do you want to send us out? Dude, until next week, we've got a lo- nice little Easter egg for you in honor of the NFT madness that's going on. So enjoy that. But, mate, it's a pleasure as always. And, uh, yeah, let's do this again soon. Sounds good, Joshy. See you, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Yeah, bye. Thank you.